Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Francisco L. Borges and the Melville Charitable Trust. Wow, it's finally Ragnarok. I uh, got all my shopping done and everything. And so, Jim, it's so nice of you to invite me over to your house. We don't get to see each other that often. We both have busy schedules. Now it's Ragnarok, which is the end of everything. So I'm just I'm really glad you invited me over. But I kind of thought there were going to be other people here. Yeah, I, I think they'll be along, Colin. I'm, I'm kind of thinking, you know, it's just nice that people are saying – Happy Ragnarok instead of merry generic apocalypse. Wasn't there going to be some kind of beauty pageant you were going to have here at the no, house? No, 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 no. It's a scholarship competition. But it's like Miss Ragnarok or something like that, It right? could be, or it could be Ms. Ragnarok. Oh, it just seems kind of lonely right now. I don't know. I wonder, I'm wondering if television is covering this somehow. I'm just going to – I know one of the TV stations just has one of those Ragnarok logs, you know, that's like burning all the time. And yeah. Stuff. I think it's very yeah. monotonous. But uh, let me just turn on CNN and just see what they've got. We're up here on top of the Dankowski building, and it's shaping up to be a very exciting Ragnarok. Imagine dwarves and serpents and elves and some of the biggest pop stars of today performing for this festive Ragnarok crowd. I can imagine dragons. <laughs> I see what you did there. On a more somber note, the members of Imagine Dragons were killed by a giant several hours ago. But the good news, Ed Sheeran is still alive. That's mostly good news. I think he might actually be some kind of elf. How did we not know that? I'm looking down there right now, and I see Vanilla Ice, Carrot Top, Haley Duff, Scott Bayo, Nick Carter from the Backstreet Boys. This must be the parade of D-list celebrities who are scheduled to be devoured by the ice monsters. Actually, Scott, I think that's the Trump cabinet. You're right. My bad. I see Billy Bush and Omarosa. That still could be D-list celebrities. So much overlap. We're going to throw it back to the studio now. Did you see that? The ice monster ate Billy Bush and threw up in its own mouth. Wow. I guess this is really happening. Yeah, it is. I mean, this is really Ragnarok. Now, like, I don't know. It's still just the two of us, though, Jim. Are you sure you invited other people? No, other people I, I did. I did. I, they should be along any minute. Uh, hey, look who's here. Look who's here. It's hey. Yeah, so, hey, it's Rebecca Castellani, Miss Scotland, uh, in the uh, Miss Ragnarok contest. Uh, she's the entertainment director at Bridge Street Live in Canton. And, and here's Miss Germany, uh, Elizabeth Kiefer, professor of English at Tungsys Community College. Hey, and uh, Miss uh, Norway, uh, Norway Carolyn Payne, actress, comedian, and dancer, and founder and director of Kinetic Dance. Boy, you really invited some pretty interesting people here, Jim. Well, you know. It's Ragnarok. That's right. You want to be with friends. You want to be with family. Yeah. And uh, interesting people. Right. So, uh, Rebecca, I know you like you really kind of dressed up for today. Uh, you know, I can't knock a Ragnarok in time. All right. So, um, <laughs> do you have like a favorite Ragnarok tradition? Uh, Colin, that's tough. I don't know. There's between the gratuitous sacrifice of Chris Hemsworth's shirts to the lottery to determine which among us gets to be murdered by Kate Blanchett herself. I can't really decide, but I'm excited for it all. All right. So, yeah, it is the end of time. Uh, I mean, we've all been to see the movie, but uh, Elizabeth, do you know anything actually sort of you're being a scholar and a professor and everything? Do you know anything about the Ragnarok myth? Well, of course I do, Colin. Some think Ragnarok is the Nordic version of the end of times, the apocalypse. But in fact, other scholars disagree. They feel it is the cyclical end, meaning rebirth happens immediately after and goes on to eternity. 
Wait a second here. Let's just see who this is. Hello, hello, hello. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> who is this? Jawohl, here is Felsendinger, Hans. <laughs> this is Eternal Scholar. Uh, actually, we should explain Germany has a, a tradition known as the Eternal Student, uh, Hans Felsendinger. What, now, what village do you live in? In the village of Kleinpfarrer Schleicherdorf. <laughs> and, and what does that mean? Yeah, in, here in uh, Bavaria, we are naming uh, the towns after things that happen in the history of the place. Kleinpfarrer Schleicherdorf. It means a little priest who does something disgraceful and creeps around in shame village. <laughs> um, <laughs> it loses a little something in the translation. So you, how long have you been yeah, at uni- well, Perhaps uh, the little priest, he, he was like uh, a medieval German uh, Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> so uh, perhaps you have in a hundred years Weinstein town. Okay. So uh, how long have you been at university? I know you're one of the eternal students there in Germany. Hans, how how long have you been uh, at university? I have been studying uh, 20 years. And in that time, have you written any papers about Ragnarok? Uh, I've not, uh, I haven't written papers, but um, I'm familiar, of course, as a German uh, with Ragnarok. Uh, Ragnarok, not uh, Ragnarok. There is an umlaut. <laughs> All right. So, what can you tell us, uh, as a, also as a university scholar, what can you tell us about this myth? As a German, uh, we have always uh, loved uh, Norway, the Norweger, the Nor- Norwegians. When you have one of the girls is Miss Norway, yes. then I am voting for that one. <laughs> All right. And uh, Ragnarok is like. Um, uh, revelation is the twilight of the gods, Götterdämmerung, uh, the, the destruction of the gods. It's a very a German type of situation. There's a big fight, uh, blood and boden, a lot of blood and uh, earth. You have got serpents and eagles and a, and, and firestorm, uh, a storm of fire. And then in the end, everyone is killed. Even Thor is killed. Odin is killed. The god Odin is swallowed by a wolf, Kion wolf, and <laughs> then everyone in the whole world is drowned, but two people, they are hiding in, in the forest, then we have to begin all over again. Life must uh, again begin. Elizabeth, that's kind of what you were saying, right? That there's a renewal aspect here. Renewal, and it just keeps on going back and forth until the end of How, how do you never. get that position as one of the last people? Is that available? Yeah, I don't know, Hans. Do we know what those two people did to deserve being the only two people left alive? They were only, um, they were obeying uh, what the gods told them to do. And then they were simply um, not paying attention. And they go into uh, into the uh, forest and a uh, little bit of hanky-panky. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, then, then, then beginnt man dann schon wieder. That's, uh, again, you know, this was written about um, 800 years ago. Mm-hmm. This was a great time uh, for Germans. We were just running around in the forest wearing uh, the animal skins and dominating uh, anyone who would speak French. But uh, <laughs> later, this becomes very civilized. In, in, in 1876, uh, Richard Wagner uh, writes an opera, the, the Der Ring des Nibelungen. Mm-hmm. And the final opera is, uh, is Ragnarök, Güterdämmerung. Uh, 
So um, I'm a little confused, Hans, because you know we do have a kind of Miss Ragnarok uh, pass, uh, pageant going on here. We have a Miss Scotland, Miss Norway, but we also have a Miss Germany, uh, Elizabeth Kiefer. I was surprised to hear that you're rooting for Miss Norway, uh, Carolyn Payne. I would assume you would be rooting for Miss Germany. Elizabeth Kiefer. Yeah, she's here, yes. It's a very German name. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is. <laughs> uh, she's wearing a dirndl and carrying a shield and a spear. <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. Yes, she is. She's wearing the dirndl. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> then I must... Um, uh, frankly, uh, it's very difficult. Uh, I am torn. You are torn, all right. Um, well, listen, is there anything else you want to tell us about Ragnarok before we say uh, Auf Wiedersehen? Nochmal, Colin, auf Wiedersehen. <laughs> I know. I, I knew I would mess that up somehow. I, I think um, it's difficult for uh, the Amis, for Americana, to, to understand uh, the complexity of, of Ragnarök. Colin, can you say Ragnarök? Ragnarök. I no, feel like I'm with a Teutonic right. Mr. Rogers here somehow. You, you Man, I think it's Ragnarök. <laughs> as Americans, we make... Making the gods great again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, on that note, thank you so much. Hans Felsendinger, he is an eternal student, uh, never graduates from university uh, in Germany. So that was helpful. And Carolyn, I think it's good to like know the meaning of Ragnarok. Yeah, I think it's... Uh, you know, hard with all the drinking that we have to do to deal with this and these tasty gingerbread gods that we break apart and destroy in honor of this holiday. I think it's uh, important to take a moment to remember the true meaning of Ragnarok, guys. Yeah, because it gets swept up in commercialism sometimes. We could talk about this all day, but should we just check in by turning on the TV one more time? All right, let's let's see what those two people uh, that we saw on TV before are doing right now. Reporting live from the Great Plain of Vigrid, I'm Kion Wolf. We've reached the midway point of Ragnarok, and what an exciting first half. There was a lot of hype in the build-up to this event, and the first half did not disappoint. The giants and gods have really been going at it out there. Loki, Loki, can I ask you a few questions before you head into the locker room? Of course. What are your thoughts on the action so far? Uh, Pretty much what we expected. The gods came out on the attack, but we just kept our cool and feel really good about how things are going. There is a lot of pressure on us. For I am Loki, and I am burdened by glorious purpose and a lengthy grocery list. I'm to provide everyone with orange slices for after the battle. But truth be told, I haven't bought them yet. In a hotly contested matchup, Frost Giants seem to be doing quite well against Heimdall. Oh, huge first half from the Frost Giants. You can't stop Heimdall. You can only hope to contain him. And the Frost Giants are coming up huge. Lots of orange slices for them. In a move that caused quite a bit of controversy, you joined the Giants during the offseason when you entered free agency, and you led them into battle today. I got a really nice offer, and the gods didn't have the salary cap room to match it. You've got to look out for number one, Kion. That decision did not sit well with your brother. Look, my brother's a great god, but after a while... Just like Kyrie tired of LeBron, I got tired of battling under Thor's shadow. He loves announcing that he's a god. I am a god. Things like that get under your skin after a while. I just want to be the best god I can be out there. And I want to ruin my brother's big day. You're facing off against your father, Odin. He said that he was impressed by how well the Giants did out on the plane so far and that your serpent is outplaying Thor. My father said that? Uh, Well, uh, it's just that 
He's always favored Thor. He gave Thor the best helmet. He gave Thor the family hammer. What did he bequeath me? Just this crippling narcissism and my beautiful hair. All right, Loki, what can we expect in the second half? Will you bring Garm in from the bench? Garm will see some battle time, and the wolf Fenrir will definitely get into the action. In fact, the plan is for the wolf to devour my father and complete the prophecy of doom. Anyway, we'll be playing for mutual destruction and the resultant renewal of life on Asgard. Loki, thanks for talking with me today. Good luck in the second half, and we'll be right back after this break. Things are getting kind of lively here at Jim Chaplain's house. This is really fun. We're having a really great uh, Ragnarok, and uh, Elizabeth Kiefer got invited over, Carolyn Payne, Rebecca Castellani. Uh, Jim, this is a great party. Yeah, thanks. Well, you know, Ragnarok, it doesn't happen that often. Exactly. No, it can't, really, when you get right down to it. So is this... Uh, is it, anybody else coming? Hey, well, everybody! It's Kion Wolf. Yeah, well, you know, I heard you were having this party, and I couldn't help but take it upon myself to write a new Ragnarok carol. Oh, wow. Let's hear that. Are you ready? You gotta play it for us, yeah. All right, here we go. First, there was a winter white as Odin's beard, and, and then there was a winter, it seemed a little weird. After those two winters came winter number three. I turned and said to my baby, this seems like Ragnarok to me. I just heard the news report Thor does not pay child support. Dwarves are sliding on toboggans. They all look like Kenny Loggins. Giants running at full speed. Goats whose milk has turned to mead. Serpents do the hokey pokey. I can't blame all of this on Loki. I think it's very striking that you're my favorite Viking. Let's trim the Ragnarok tree, spend the twilight of the gods with me. Wednesday you can play your last card, Thursday you can kiss my Asgard, Tracy Chapman got a fast car, Armageddon is a bastard, giants running at full speed, goats whose milk has turned to mead, serpents do the hokey pokey, I can't blame all of that on Loki. I think it's very striking that you're my favorite Viking. Let's trim the Ragnarok tree. Spend the twilight of the gods with me. Wait, where'd she go? She's like, she's not here anymore. It's like, what what happened? We'll see. Where'd you go? Oh, my gods. People are starting to be raptured. Oh, no, she got just raptured up at the end of that song. It was a great song. Anyway, it was very nice. Uh, That was a little disturbing the way that happened, though. So, you know, I think since we're here at the party and we've all seen the Ragnarok movie, we should talk about the movie. Um, first of all, uh, for those of you who are completely bewildered, you know, if you're just sort of walking by the party, <laughs> looking in the window, wondering what we're talking about, uh, yeah, we all went to see this movie. Um, it, we didn't see it together. Uh, it's the latest installment in the Thor uh, series and, and sort of this kind of interlocking Marvel world. And I, I'm just curious. I mean, you know, since we're all here, I mean, did y'all like it? Rebecca, did you like the movie? Oh, I loved it. It was great. Any Marvel movie that's got Jeff Goldblum in it is A-plus by me. It was fantastic. Right. Yeah, let's just go around the table as long as we're sitting here having our drinks and our snacks and stuff like that, Carolyn. But I know you don't like to go to the movies. I don't like to go to the movies. I'm not a big like superhero movie person. The only ones I've ever really seen are for this show. Uh, but, you know, I didn't, like, hate this one. <laughs> I was she says that about every Marvel movie. There's the blur. Yeah, I, I didn't really hate I didn't it. Like hate this one. <laughs> and Jeff Goldblum is 
awesome in it. Like, I don't even think he had a script. No, like, he's I think, playing himself. Yeah, right. I think Jeff they Goldblum. just were like, all right, dude, we're going to put you in this costume, and here's loosely what's happening in this scene. Go. React. And it's it's just, uh, that's that's just awesome. One thing uh, that people should know, because this is how we movie these days, is that if you wait all the way through the credits, and there's like a thousand people who worked on this movie. I mean, really like a thousand people who worked on this movie. You do see Jeff Goldblum one more time. Yeah, um, I missed that. You have to sit there. And, like, the guy who's waiting to sweep up the popcorn is kind of looking at you like, really? You're going to just sit here? Uh, but, yeah, you have to wait that long. How about you, Jim? Did you like it? I, I'm, like, at 80% yes. Yeah. I, I liked it a lot. I love the actors in it. They were yeah. great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is an amazing cast. I mean, yeah. it's really kind of yeah. Anthony Hopkins and Benedict Cumberbatch. And, yeah. and, and, and you may have guessed that Jeff Goldblum was in it, since people keep mentioning <laughs> that. Uh, and, yeah, it's, like, this tremendous cast, plus the inevitable Chris Hemsworth. The odd but, thing is... is Jeff Goldblum asked Thor. Who would have thought right, that would exactly. work? He, and he really got himself Spoiler. pumped up. Yeah, no, he, he got hard. Uh, how about you, Elizabeth? <laughs> uh, I thought I was kind of, I liked it. I, I'm not sad that I saw it. I feel like Carolyn on this one. I didn't think Joel, uh, um, Jeff Goldblum's performance was anything special. I thought it was just meh. Uh, there were other things I did like about it. I, I, as I always say, um, Thor without a shirt on. Uh, there was only one scene, so that was a little depressing. But I thought there was a lot of funny modern humor in it. Um, I liked the fact that the two brothers sort of come together and and uh, Thor keeps getting faked out by Loki. But then they they fight and then they come back. And I like that kind of uh, reconciliation and, and fighting. And I love Tessa Thompson as the Valkyrie. Tessa Thompson's tremendous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she's great. I mean, she's, she injects like a whole new character into this. It's weird that she's known as, her character is called Valkyrie, which seems to me kind of a generic yeah, thing yeah, to yeah, call yeah, somebody. Yeah. But yeah. she's, uh, by the way, she, if you've not seen the movie Creed, uh, she's the love interest in that, and she's spectacular in a much smaller kind of, I mean, much more sort of human-sized role. But So, yeah, I mean, in a way... Um, well, Elizabeth, actually, one thing that you pointed out as we were emailing around, but getting ready for the party and figuring out who's going to bring what, um, is that the, this, this particular franchise, this group that includes Thor and the Hulk and all these people uh, and, and Loki, they're going to meet up, we think, in a future movie with Guardians of the Galaxy. And I feel like they were kind of getting more funny so that they could just have a kind of oh. Apollo Soyuz docking with, with Guardians. <laughs> I guess I didn't find um, some of the characters funny, uh, like that Korg. Is it Korg? I don't know how to pronounce that. Who was a giant rock? Oh, guy I thought he was hilarious. I thought he was favorite. kind of pathetic, don't and I don't be hating on the was, rock person. He was person. throwing away the lines were kind of throwaway. I, I thought that was a little too precious. I did say I liked the high pitched voice, and it turns out from one of the videos that Rebecca sent that the. Uh, director Watiti, yeah. Watiti was basing it on bouncers at Australian uh, dance clubs who New who are Zealand these, don't say oh, Australian. New Zealand sorry New Zealand <laughs> who are these ginormous men but they have these very high pitched soft voices and they speak very nicely to you even though they're gonna break your legs if you uh, try to get past them. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Well, we should say, yeah, this is directed by a director from New Zealand, uh, probably best known for what we do in the shadows uh, and, the for working, and working for Flight of the I think he did like four episodes yeah. of Flight of the Concords. And there certainly is that Flight of the Concords mm-hmm. sense of humor. I, f- I feel like anything said in a New Zealand accent yes. is funnier. Yeah, it is. It yeah. is. Yeah. And I think Flight of the Concords has something yeah. to do with my having been preconditioned to that idea. So, yeah, there's this kind of minor character who's this blue guy who's made of rocks. And he's voiced by the director. 
Uh, that was the director? Yeah. 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 Was the director. Oh, yeah. Either yeah, him or Jerome. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and Jermaine. Jermaine. They're Jermaine. best buddies, too. Yeah, yeah they're, yeah, they're right. best buddies. And, and Jermaine is in also in What We Do yeah. in the Shadows. So, um, and, and they're part of this kind of ragtime. It's, it's hard to explain the plot of this movie. Mm. That's, that's, was there one? Yeah. I'm matter. not sure there was one. Was there a plot? Yeah, yeah, I but, thought but maybe not, I was but, just But let's not exaggerate the importance of plot here. Yeah. Well, I could quickly try to summarize. So, basically what happens is that uh, the sister, whom they don't seem to know, of Thor and Loki, Hela, played by Kate Blanchett. Such a family squabble. Yeah, she know? she returns. It's part of this myth of Ragnarok. She's she returns to wreak havoc uh, on Asgard. Um, meanwhile, for some reason, <laughs> Doctor Strange, <laughs> briefly, who's played by Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, briefly becomes involved in this <laughs> and, and and summons. Uh, Loki and Thor to his lair and then kind of transports them for a conversation with Odin, played by Anthony Hopkins. And then 50 um, other things happen. Right. Don't worry about spoilers. There's no way that there <laughs> yeah, could be a plot spoiler no for this movie if I if I tried all day. So, yeah, and then things, things start to really go pretty bad up there in Asgard. And uh, and then uh, Thor is a – this is the, maybe the thing that would be helpful for you to know in terms of the conversation we're having. Maybe not, though. <laughs> Thor somehow or other winds up on another planet. Um, and, and he's on a, di- on a different planet. Turns out Loki's also on this planet, and for some reason or other, Hulk is also on this planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and there's this, and they are ruled over by Jeff Goldblum. And it, it really is like they're ruled over by Jeff Goldblum as opposed yeah, to yeah. Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, I don't even character. know what the name of his character was. <laughs> it's just Grandmaster. Grand that's Grand it. Master. Just the Grandmaster. But yeah. I think his name in the movie is Jeff Goldblum. Yes. Jeff yeah. Goldblum, yeah. yeah. And, and it <laughs> that's is just his title. Yeah. Right, right. And I think part of, I don't know why we all like that performance so much, except for Elizabeth who so doesn't like it. But I think it's because he's not in, t- totally inhabiting the movie, right? Uh, absolutely not. I mean, at one point, Thor says, where is he from? But he goes, Asgard? <laughs> Which is like, you know, anyone that doesn't right, know right. this universe has got to kind of giggle a little bit when right. Thor has got all the self-importance and the place he's yeah. from is Asgard. I mean, it just had that, again, I, I felt this way about a lot of Marvel movies like Spider-Man Homecoming. They're inserting the audience, the incredulous audience member into the action of the film itself to kind mm-hmm. of play the audience's advocate and it makes it, to me, a lot lighter and more enjoyable as opposed to when they used to be. You know, 10 years ago, these movies were super heavy-handed and right, bleak right. and there was no brevity and lightness, and, and this definitely has got that. It's a long movie, but it doesn't feel long because it's kind of got that bouncy, light quality well, to it. Well, this is new, light, funny. Yeah. Door. Yeah. yeah. Right. And isn't this the trend that's going to continue? Well, that's, I, I, I have a question about that. I have an overarching question about that. Before we, I ask that question, though, so Carolyn, as a person who makes her living partly in comedy, you know, one of the questions that, that happens, that comes up right away is, uh, does Tom Hiddleston, for example, who plays Loki, who we've seen in a lot of things, I, I don't remember seeing him in any comedies, or, or Chris Hemsworth, who's who plays Thor, obviously, also not somebody I really associate with comedy. <laughs> this asks people like that to produce some comic chops. I mean, Kate Blanchett doesn't really have too many funny things to do in this movie, but a lot of these other actors, I mean, they're expected anyway to be funny. She's kind of campy, though. She's yeah. a little campy, yeah. yeah. She was yeah. really campy. Yeah. I liked her in that. I thought she was playing yeah. herself to and some everyone degree. Is, yeah. Yeah. Everyone is impeccably attired throughout oh. right. this. I mean, do you, th- are, do you think they have comic chops? Do they? Yeah, yeah. Um, Chris, Chris Hemsworth, he, I, I, the Ghostbusters movie, which we talked about yeah. here on The Nose, right. Was pretty much a flop. Like, but I thought he was really quite funny in that. I, I thought he was arguably one of the funniest parts in in that movie. And I think he brought that here. Like, he has this kind of uh, 
bumbling Thor character. You know, there's that part where he says the, the um, where Hulk says that the biggest muscle in the body is the brain, and he goes, "Oh, well, I have all these other muscles, so I'm smarter than you." I mean, like he delivered that really well because that was a really awful line. Like it's not it's not necessarily a funny line, but I thought in the way he delivered it was really funny. So yeah, I thought. Uh, to me, I mean, other than his arms, the big standout was like, oh, he can really handle humor. Uh, here he was adorable. With those... He was adorably clumsy. Yeah, and, and yeah. When he was when he was in Doctor Strange's uh, lair there, and he was he tried putting all those pointy things back on the lamp or whatever one, yeah. and they kept falling, and they kept yeah. He was great with like physical scene. comedy, he which is body comedy. comedy well. You have to get past him being this incredibly gorgeous. Oh, I'd perfect rather not. God. Though, but I'd rather not. And hey. then See, Jim and I, Jim and I hey, didn't hey, even hey. notice that. It turns out though that. Or is a little kooky. That's all we, we know yeah. from this. He's a little bit of a nut. It made me like him more. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I, I think, and we're going to play a clip in just a second that I think kind of illustrates this, that because Thor, A, and Chris Hemsworth as Thor, B, have established themselves kind of as this, I mean, you know, among the Avengers, he's not typically the witty guy, or he's just sort of the really handsome, ripped kind of powerful hero kind of guy. And the minute he plays against that type, it's funny. And I think he's funny in Ghostbusters for the same reason. Because mm-hmm. he's Chris Hemsworth and he's being stupid or ridiculous or clumsy or whatever. He's playing against his overall sort of I'm with this gorgeous ripped hero kind of character. All right. Mm-hmm. So this is – you can hear a little bit uh, of what we're talking about here. I think this might be him and the Jeff Goldblum character uh, talking about – because one of the things that happens very early in the movie, again, not really a spoiler, is that Thor – well, he loses his hammer. So I really wish I had my hammer. Hammer? Quite unique. It was made from this, this special metal from the heart of a dying star. And when I spun it really, really fast, it gave me the ability to fly. You rode a hammer? No, I, I didn't ride the hammer. The hammer rode you on your back? No, no, no. I, I used to spin it really fast, and it, it, would, it would pull me off the... Oh, my God. The hammer pulled you off? The ground. It would pull me off the ground, up into the air, and I would fly. Every time I threw it, it would always come back to me. Sounds like you had a pretty special and intimate relationship with this hammer and that losing it was almost comparable to losing a loved one. It's a nice way of putting it. All right, I was wrong. It was, that's the rock monster, the blue... Korg. Korg, the blue... How, you, how come you remember the name of Korg? Because I looked up all the characters in IDMB. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, that, I think you see Helmsworth doing that there, right? I mean, he's... He, there's, he, he actually does have this kind of deadpan humor style. I don't know if it would work if we just were meeting him for the first time, but we've sort of built up this whole, like, whole set of ideas about you know, who this guy is. And and I don't know from. where this trend started. I, I loved Deadpool. I did think that was very funny. Right. And I like that, that sort of um, mocking the, the, the genre you're in because taking this kind of genre to take itself too seriously, I really can't get into that. I think it's reached its logical end, though, with it being serious. I, I think you can only do so many of these movies mm-hmm. before they get really formulaic, and we're on reboots for a lot of these. We're on our third Spider-Man. We're on our you know, second Superman. Only our third? Se- our, our whatever, umpteenth Batman. It's like you can only, and by comparison, the Justice League trailer, which played... Mm-hmm was playing up its funnier moments, though those movies are super dark and heavy-handed and not very successful compared to these lighter Marvel movies. They did have the Flash, you know, kind of being self-aware, I don't fight, you know, and that kind of stuff I think they're all going to lean into now. Where does this end? Is they all get tired in this trope, too, and we get sick of going to see movies that are, 
you know, ridiculously playing off its, its tropes. I don't know. But I, I do think they're all trying to move in that direction. And I wonder if it's also getting different demographics to go see the movies yeah. together. Right. I could see mm-hmm. my my brother Ted and his son going right. and both enjoying it for different reasons. And uh, you don't need to know anything about the existing universe anymore, whereas it used to be if you went and saw Thor 2, that wouldn't make any sense because you hadn't seen Thor 1, whereas Thor Ragnarok, you haven't seen any of yeah, the Marvel movies. Yeah, I was movies. grateful for that because I wasn't even aware that this was the third Doesn't Thor matter. Movie. <laughs> you don't even need to know who the <laughs> Hulk is matter. and yeah. it's going to still and I saw the, the first two in the last two days, yeah. and I didn't really see any huge nope. connection. Unnecessary. And one. I think that, that that means there's like a markability, a standalone markability mm-hmm. to this movie that you don't necessarily see with a lot of these other ones. Right. So just to, just to clear up one of Elizabeth's questions to uh, Rebecca, we're on our third different actor playing Spider-Man. Yeah. We're on our seventh or yeah, eighth seventh Spider-Man movie. movie. Right. That's uh, what I yeah. meant. There's so many Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. What were you going to say? I was going to say, one, I think... The reboot of, of Thor is great because it's funny and it doesn't take itself too seriously. My only objection were to the, rema- the remains from previous movies. They're like the maybe it's the times we live in or something, but the gratuitous body count was got, it kind of yeah, wore me down crazy. after a while. Like yeah. that became like oh, that part's not so funny. Well, many of the people who got killed were previously dead. Those people who got well, kind then, of woke well, up then, down below. Well, that's funny. Yeah, that part, <laughs> that part is actually funny. But, you know, I, I, Rebecca, to your point, too, so having grown up read, reading all these comic books, so DC comic books were always much more serious. Yes. Uh, Marvel comic books tended to have this kind of sassy sense of humor. Yeah. Really starting in, I don't know, the 60s or 70s, they a, a lot of them, not Thor, not Hulk, yep. but Spider-Man was kind of sassy yep. and funny from the very beginning. And I do think that I saw the same trailer that you saw, the, the, for the Justice League thing that's coming out that has Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill or whatever his name is, again, despite the fact that this is like the most reviled movie of the last five years, their, their, their initial pairing, and Ugh. and Gal is going to be back as Wonder Woman and The Flash. And I, I thought the same thing. I thought, oh, DC, they've realized you can't survive yep. without a sense of humor now. Yeah, we're going to cast Cal Drogo. We're going to give the people what they want. Like, that's oh, what they're trying to do. Yes. So, and I, you know, got <laughs> Superman Henry Cavill and Batman Cal was Drogo. terrible. So. You know, for people who are, like, originalists this movie did contain the most jack kirby stuff like the yes. outer space stuff was very jack kirby the yep. sort of structure of of the universe was very jack kirby and i thought it was really cool that they kind of brought that back i hadn't seen that in earlier let me pause to explain to carolyn that jack kirby was the original artist who created yeah. the look <laughs> of well, these okay. things did my look of yeah. panic confusion yeah. give yeah. that away and then yeah. they got that and he has a reality movies. show on the hd network <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, you know, no, but I think actually, back to Carolyn's point, one of the things that I do feel like Jeff Goldblum does for this movie, and, and to a certain degree, even the conversation you heard with the blue rock person uh, in, in that clip is, if you were just walking in here and you didn't know anything about it, they kind of asked the questions, right? Like, who are you? What is this? Yeah, so that, you, you know, they kind of get you, get you up to speed and give you somebody to relate to. I mean, it, he was a character that felt just as lost in this <laughs> in this space world as I did. And I, I I thought that that for me, having seen a couple of these movies for, you know, for the purpose of this show where I was kind of like lost and I had to have somebody explain to me what was happening. This movie, I mean, the plot was 
at times confusing because there wasn't one. So I was <laughs> lost in that. I, I was lost in this movie as its own standalone that's thing. That's better because they were lost. In the movie. Yeah. <laughs> they were. Well, that's yeah. the point, isn't it? That there's all this mm-hmm. kind of acid trip of but a movie. But I didn't and feel all... behind. No, like I didn't. I don't. wasn't sitting yeah. in this movie having to Google things or trying to figure out who <laughs> other characters were. I could enjoy this movie as a standalone. Just which let I, it take you for the ride. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a weird ride. So I appreciated it. That, yeah, I liked the weird ride. Yeah. It was fun. It was like exactly like being on a ride, though. The yeah. whole thing was like it was this like a roller coaster, like being on like a thrill ride at like Universal Studios, and then you get off and you're kind of like, okay, <laughs> that was that. That was a fun ride, but no. it was a good trip, not a bad. It was a trip. good ride. But Did you have your hands up in the air? Yeah, yeah, the whole time I was sitting in the movie theater yeah. like this. You must be this tall to see this movie. So um, we have to talk about one last thing here, or maybe maybe more than one last thing. But one thing. So typically in the history of Hulk. Hulk doesn't really say very much, you know. I mean, in previous movies, you know, it's rare for Hulk to get out more than a few words at a time. But here, one of the things we see, and again, I don't think this, you really can't spoil this movie. It just does not constitute a spoiler. Hulk is kind of stuck in Hulk mode for a really long time in this movie. He's acclimated. He's, yeah, he's, and he's really kind of talking, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Not perfect, and, not and, perfect grammar. But, but he's but. thinking about nuanced things like people's feelings. He, you know, he's responding to some touchy-feely talk. I was sad when Banner came back. I was enjoying this new woke Hulk. But and, I did love Mark uh, Ruffalo. He's great. Yeah. He was, yeah. He was but Bruce great. Banner's so boring. I mean, Bruce Banner, oh, I've got seven PhDs. I'm like, that's why you're so depressed, my man. Like, yeah. you stopped <laughs> it yeah. too. Like, the rest I right. thought they were yeah. both both in a bad yeah. mood all the time, though. I felt I thought they both needed a happy pill. But Hulk was grappling <laughs> with something that he'd never grappled. I mean, he had self-awareness for the first time, whereas usually he's just like a mono-responsive mm-hmm. Hulk. I mean, smash. He's, he's just smashed smash. things. And he, you know, was trying to articulate himself and what he wanted and he wanted to stay the Hulk he didn't want to be Banner and I kind of felt bad when he was back to Banner well actually maybe we can play this other clip that we have because I think the other thing that they do really well in this movie is they get they they make fun of a certain kind of guy thing like guys are always comparing themselves to each other right you know this like you know and so there are these conversations that go back and forth between Thor and Hulk about who ultimately is stronger should we tell them that uh, on the way in Colin and I were comparing uh, how much do you bench? Right. We were both talking about that. We just, we actually, yeah. com- we compare our arthritis ex- right. x-rays at this point. That's like, basically, oh, look, how you've, many, got, you've how got end stage in your knee. <laughs> how many joints do you have left? That's right. That's how we uh, outdo No, ourselves. not those joints. Yeah, no, that was the old days. Yeah, uh, yeah we've also gone from acid to antacid. So yeah. don't, um, don't, don't scare the young people in no, the group it's, here. It's, it's, it's not pretty. But so, and, I mean, another thing that's happening is you're seeing this kind of filial competition between Thor and Loki, but it's not the, the old, like, one of us has to die competition. Instead, it really, I, th- I think they're almost more recognizable as a couple of brothers who kind of get on each other's nerves. Let's hear, hear this clip. Time works real different around these parts. On any other world, I'd be like uh, millions of years old. But here on Sakaar, in any case, you know this, uh, this, uh, you call yourself Lord of Thunder. God of Thunder. <laughs> I've never met this man in my life. He's my brother. Adopted. Is he any kind of a fighter? <laughs> you take this thing out of my neck and I'll show you. Oh, listen to that. He's threatening me. Hey, Sparkles, here's the deal. If you want to get back to Ass uh, Place, Asberg. As God. Any contender who defeats my champion, their freedom they shall win. Fine, then point me in the direction of whoever's ass I have to kick. That's what I call. Tender. Direction would be would be this way, Lord. Ah, Loki. 
All right. So you also get to hear a little bit of that uh, Jeff Goldblum character as well. Um, but yes, like I don't know. We I guess we're not going to be allowed to hate to hate Loki anymore. Uh, but Carolyn, I do think that was one of the things they got right. The sort of guys kind of getting each other on each other's nerves in a very competitive way. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They. Um, I I think. So I didn't really have a lot of basis with the character of Loki prior to this, <laughs> obviously. Generally not good. Yeah, yeah I got that. I yeah. got that from, again, this movie did a good job, like, filling you in. If you know, you... some year we have to, like, talk about Sharknado, where you'll be the one filling us in all yeah, the time. Yeah, that would like, be Like, we'll be the people who Her show redemption up. Show. We redemption show. Yeah, redemption show, where you're all sweating show. it out. Yeah. 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 You don't know who this person is. I'm we Shark the Rock. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you we could figure out Sharknado, Sharknado pretty quickly. Uh, all right, so we're going to take a little break. We're going to come back uh, as part of the Miss uh, Ragnarok contest where we're all going to recommend things. There may be a crowning. There may not. I don't know. I'm kind of <laughs> nervous about that. All right. We'll take a little break and we'll come right back. Come. What of the limitless sex and violence in the wake of Ragnarok? Welcome to the slaughter. I was really confused by the tone of this show until I realized Ragnarok and Camelot are definitely not the same thing. Today's show was produced by Jonathan McPants, Katie Talarski, Betsy Kaplan, and me, Kion Wolf. Voiceover help by Kevin McDermott. Amanda Fish does not appear in today's episode, and our intern is Evan, god of interning. The part of Bill Curry was played by Morty Hemsworth. As of now, the plan for Monday is no guests, just Colin and you on the phones. And now... Back to Ragnarok. Oh, yeah. I wanted to make the, the – there are all kinds of little cookies and, and uh, Easter eggs and things like that embedded in, in Ragnarok. Uh, one thing I will tell you will either help or not help your enjoyment of this. There's a moment where Thor walks into Asgard and there's a play being performed in which somebody else is playing him and somebody oh, else is playing Loki. Yeah. And so it's, his, it's actually Chris Hemsworth's older brother. There's Chris and Liam and this is – Luke or something like that. Somebody you've never seen before. He's in Westworld. He's in Westworld? Yeah. That guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Luke Hemsworth. Um, and uh, and Odin is being played by Sam Neill, which is really weird because, like, you know. Amazing. Well, no, he's on the screen for two minutes, uh, maybe. Loki, to me, was that, should we give that away? Is, is that, was that Matt Damon? Was that Matt Damon? Yeah, it might be Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Yeah. It was? <laughs> no. I don't know. I th- it looked like Matt Damon <laughs> to me. Yeah. I don't think it could be Matt Damon. But, no, uh, it is. It was. I think it is. Yeah. It I think it was really? Matt Damon. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Well, that yeah. redeems him slightly. He's, he's trying to straighten things out with Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. Right. So. Um, Not in the movie. Yeah. So a- anyway, I mean, there's sort of a little bit of fun with some of these weird little casting. I, I don't understand what Sam Neill is doing in this movie. It doesn't really make any sense to me. All right. So we're, we're going to do. Wait, that's the thing that didn't yeah. make sense. <laughs> out of that whole movie. I rolled with I, everything else. I, I love that we all have a limit on these. Like in time travel movies that you're, you're down with it three quarters of the way and then somebody says, wait, that couldn't happen. Wait, right. you accepted time travel. So we, anything can happen. All right, so we're here at uh, Jim Chapdelaine's house uh, for our Ragnarok party. <laughs> Got a little messy, too. The world say. is going to end pretty soon. <laughs> Carolyn um, just spilled her drink again. Again. So, uh, I'm sorry I'm getting sloppy here. <laughs> if you eat more than that's a right. can't handle Just trying mead. to cope with right. everything that's going on. It's, yeah, it's not as though people are going to talk about you afterwards. Uh, there will be uh, nobody here. Well. Um, all right, so Rebecca Caspolani, would you like to recommend some things? Assuming that life goes on and maybe the last two people who are still alive. Oh, this is uh, recommendations wanna, for them. Well, yeah, Excellent. or maybe, or 
or okay. maybe, maybe you're not. So you'll need some good reading if you're the last man and woman trying to repopulate the earth. Um, last time I was on the show with Pedro Soto, he recommended two books to me. So first of all, my recommendation is listen to Pedro when he recommends books. <laughs> Second of all, the two books he recommended I actually just read traveling this week. Um, the first was American War by Omar El oh. Akat. Oh, that was good. Really it was good really, really good. I fed through that. I highly recommend it. It's a dystopian uh, thriller, but it deals a lot with the ramifications of climate change and the outbreak of the Second American Civil War. Really great read. Um, the second one I picked up just on a lark. I'm a nervous flyer. I figured it would distract me. Ready Player One by Ernest Cline. It is the like pop culture holy grail of video game references and nerdy movie references. I, I think they're making a movie at it fairly soon, so read it before it hits Couldn't theaters. you have written that yourself? Oh, maybe. At yeah. this point, after all these Marvel movies I've seen, I could. <laughs> so those two books are great. I will um, amplify your endorsement of American War. And I will also say that if you're the kind of person who occasionally enjoys an audio book, the audible version of it wow. is really, really spectacularly voiced by the guy who does it. Uh, he's he's really terrific. But yeah, this is – we had him on. We had the author, oh, really? Omar, on. Yeah. Oh, and actually, I, I really do think it's one of the most gripping books yep. that I, I've read. And it is about a dystopian future, but it, I don't know. It's kind of – it's not sci-fi. No, at not at all. all. It's, it's, it's it's about a woman. Uh, it's you know the making of an extremist, really. And right, it's about giving too much away. That's it, yeah. I think that I think you can fairly say that without. Yeah. And he actually, when Omar was the author was on, he said considerably more. Yeah. Uh, about the making of an extremist, but yes. All right, Carolyn, what would you like to recommend to us? Okay, um, I would like to recommend it's coming back for its second season, uh, Search Party on TBS. Oh, oh yeah, I love Search yeah. Party. You it, got me started on that one, but I didn't stay with it. Oh, you know, you got to stay with it. You have to. How could you not stay with it? There, <laughs> it's the kind of show. So the first season is you can watch it like on demand or somewhere, and it's uh, it's just really nice to binge. It's and I, the the characters are just awful people. Uh, they are. It's maybe right from. Arrested yeah, it's maybe. Yeah. Maybe from. Yeah, from yeah. Arrested Development. Yeah, and um, but they they're like these just Brooklyn millennials who, and and as a millennial, these these embody <laughs> the worst of millennial qualities, and uh, but there's like this mystery that they're solving, and uh, there's some great. Great actors in it. Uh, Rosie Perez is wonderful <coughs> in it. She's always wonderful. But it's just a really fun watch, and I'm excited to see what they do with the second season because this is one of those things where it, that it, it could just go awfully wrong. So I know that that comes back. I think it's like November 19th. So I recommend that. It, it's. Can I just ask you? I mean, do you recommend it? Do you think it's? First of all, if I were a millennial, I'd be somewhat offended by this. I mean, it's yeah, like every I mean, possible it, millennial stereotype. It is. There's such a bunch of losers. We're self-aware enough. We yeah, we're self-aware to know yeah. that, like, I, and and that's just, why we're redeemable, right? <laughs> I mean, these characters, like I said, they embody the worst qualities of millennials. Do, do you find it funny, or do you, are you at all wrapped up in the mystery of it? I mean, is it, I'm struggling to figure out which level this show is supposed to be See, that's why on. I liked it. I like that it is, it's this very, like, snarky parody of millennial life, but it's also a really fun mystery to solve, I, it, towards the end especially, um, and I don't want to spoil it, but the the... It, it doesn't even reach a re the resolution that you need it to. So that's why I'm excited for the second season. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, th wow. I think I stopped after that's four episodes or so and 
telling me that uh, there would be no resolution waiting for me <laughs> at the end is probably enough to get no, me to No, there not is a resolution, back. but it's not necessarily where you want it to, no, to no be. No happy ending? Yeah. Yeah. Or, okay. Well, okay. So, Search Party. Do you know what network that is? TBS. It's on TBS. Things are on such weird networks. All right. Yeah. Jim, I'm amazed you're still here at your house because you have, like, so much stuff that you have to do. Yeah, and, and pretty soon I have to get back to uh, watching the final episode of my endorsement. Um my expectations were furiously managed down by everyone I know for the new uh, new season of Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Everybody, oh, it's not as good. Lightning can't strike twice. I don't know. You're not going to like it. You're not. So we started watching it, mm-hmm. and I actually loved the new season. So mm-hmm. I'm, I, maybe I'm alone on this island, but I really recommend it. I really like it. Well, can we also mention where you're, where you're headed off to now? Sure. Assuming that, that, that life goes on, because it's kind of an interesting gig. Explain yeah, yeah. Okay, so tonight our friend uh, and troubadour Jonathan Edwards is at Infinity Hall celebrating his 50th year of, I guess, show business. Or, Sounds so cool. Um, and so there's kind of a, um, a quite a cast of characters coming by. Livingston Taylor, uh, John Poussette-Dart, Aztec Two-Step, uh, Kenny White, Jamie Biggins, a whole bunch of people. I'm probably leaving somebody out. Um, and we had a little house band we put together. and uh, Which Tom, includes you, I assume. It does, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you're like um, anchoring everything down. Yeah, I have a little book full of songs that I'm, I'm not anchoring it down. No, he has his own guy, Tom yep. Snow, who's okay. very capable. Um, the only thing I find a little bit uh, uh, disquieting about it is they are videotaping it, and uh, I don't have a good shirt, you know. Right. But it's going to be a good show, despite my shirt. Rebecca has a very nice outfit. I don't know that you have, are the same size. You could but. channel your inner Chris Hemsworth and just go shirtless. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably not a good idea nah. for anyone. <laughs> Although, you may look better shirtless than anybody else up on stage at this point. You know, so, uh, By right. comparison. Sounds like a lot of fun, though. All right. Yeah. Elizabeth yeah. Kuyper, what have you got for us? Well, I used to be a pescatarian, but now I'm a vegetarian. And I found going out to eat is not, is not as fun as it was when I was a pescatarian. Fish, they eat fish, and, and not just fish, but fish only for flesh. So now that I'm a vegetarian, I wanted to endorse three places in West Hartford Center that make me happy to be a vegetarian. Uh, One is brand new, Flora, which is a vegan restaurant with a full bar, uh, very funky, hip place. I've been there a couple times already, great food. Zohara's, which opened not too uh, long ago, also hip, lots of crazy Same owner as Avera and Trava. Huh? Same owner as Avera and Trava. Yes, yep. And uh, the last one is India, which is the sister restaurant to Thali in in, uh, New Haven. And all of them, fabulous food, very reasonably priced, and so many yummy uh, uh, choices for somebody who's who's not eating any flesh anymore. Well, this this allows me to fill in a little... Gap uh, from Wednesday. So Wednesday we did the show about veggie burgers and mm. you know sort of faux meat. And so and so Chris Prosperi and I went up I e- eating this. Uh, we had a we had a good time too. But we were eating this thing called the Impossible Burger, which is the result of mm-hmm. genetic research where they have in fact used some of the genetic structure of meat in in plant proteins to create something that really in a very uncanny way looks. Feels, smells, tastes like, like hamburger. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, anyway, you can get one at Flora. If, if Flora actually does serve. I'll have to try burger. that. Although I have to say, I've never met a veggie burger that I like. This and I've tried a burger fi. Um, it's somewhere on Route 44, mm. headed they up in that direction, They're like towards Avon burgers. and Canton. Just, There's a place called Burger Fi, and their veggie burger it stays together as a patty. Which anyone who has struggled yeah, eating a veggie burger in public just and you just look and a fall mess. Apart. And right. they all taste mealy no, and no, too I second that. That's I don't like. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, so the vegetarians who have been to Flora and have tried this thing have reported to me that they had an exciting experience. You should probably do it once anyway. Chris and I were 
I don't know. We were kind of freaked out by it. But anyway, uh, all right. So um, I'm going to endorse, uh, I guess, two things. I'll just I'll build on the restaurant theme here for a second here and say I didn't even know this place existed. This is another very Hartfordy endorsement. But so there's a, a in Keeney Park. Keeney Park, by the way, which is this, this huge, sprawling park, which for a whole bunch of different reasons um, fell into a little bit of disrepair, but it has been spruced up and has a functioning golf course now that it seems quite playable. I don't really play golf. But they also had this tavern, this Keeney Park tavern, uh, and we had a really large group of people on Sunday going to brunch, as people who listen to the show know, I hate brunch. I object <laughs> yeah. to brunch. I think brunch is disgusting. That's but, how you know you're not a millennial. Right. So, <laughs> exactly. It's a litmus test. But, yeah. but I had a great time. I'm like, I'm anti-brunch, and I had a great time, and I thought it was a great place. Uh, the food's really good. I think it's run by another one of the you know local restaurant groups that includes Dish and stuff like that. I think that's true, and um, they obviously like you know they really make the, I think they cure their own locks and stuff like that. And because it's sort of in the north end of Hartford, there's so many. Bill Curry, who was with me on Sunday, uh, made this point. There's so many places you go to where you don't really see anything resembling an even mix of black people or, and white people, you know, I mean, I think we still sort of sort each other out a little bit. And it's great to go into a place and sort of have it be about 50-50, too. Uh, and so anyway, I really rec- recommend this place if you're in Hartford and for brunch. And I don't recommend brunch. Brunch is disgusting. Uh, <laughs> but this was a great brunch. I had a great time. So um, the other thing is, so getting ready for this show, I discovered that John Hodgman, who's great, I'm a great fan of John Hodgman, got a chance to work with him once here at the Bushnell, uh, he did a Ragnarok show back in 2012. It's, it's actually <laughs> called Ragnarok. Uh, and I was chasing it around on uh, Netflix. You have to uh, put Hodgman's name into the Roku search criteria. If you put Ragnarok in, for some reason or other, you don't get it back. But it's it was sort of based on the Mayan 2012 thing, but he re cast it as Ragnarok. And if you like John Hodgman, this is just John Hodgman at his absolute best. He's really, really funny in a very sweet kind of way. And it's not that dissimilar from today's show. It has some music in it and stuff, too. And it's a very <laughs> nice little special. All right. So it's time. <laughs> I guess we have a three-way tie uh, for Miss Ragnarok. <laughs> and Odin has actually left instructions what to do about a tie. So in the event of the tie, pick the virgin. Uh-oh. All right. Well, Rebecca's mother listens to this show, so I think Rebecca is the new Miss Ragnarok. Um, all right. I've never felt so pure. Thank you. <laughs> all right. And so thanks to everybody. Thanks to all the people who work here at WNPR who put up with this crazy idea to do an all Ragnarok show. Uh, and uh, thanks to our guests, Elizabeth Kiefer, Jim Chapdelaine, Carolyn Payne, and Rebecca Castellani. That was And what a Ragnarok this has been, Scott. These are memories we would surely treasure if there were any chance we would live through this. I'm looking down from the top of the Dankowski building, and there are seven or eight people still alive down below. I see Ed Sheeran. Up in the sky, the giant wolf in rear is almost done eating the sun. Here he goes. Five, Five, four, four, three, three, 